0: This Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly. is MMO Weekly. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show that comes to you once a week. Recapping the Hollywood week that was getting you ready for the Hollywood week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly. Hashtag MMO Weekly. Hashtag MMOW uh, on this October 21st. 2019, we <laughs> tip our hat to the Astros fans that we know on film Twitter, Nick Mundy included in that group, congratulations. Good job. I am Mike Wan, co-host also Mike, we are both heartbroken Yankees fans this morning. Heartbroken, we did not get any sleep, nah. we stayed up thinking about every pitch, <laughs> we're, we're nerds in this way too yeah. folks, Yeah. We're big yeah. sports nerds and we're Yankee fans since we were younger. We, we thought we had some magic again. I mean, it was the montage at the end of Kingpin. Screaming. Just screaming at our oh, television. We were ready for it. I mean, our Bill Murray hair was getting yeah. a lot of joint. We were ready for it. Oh, it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, look, you know. I just want everyone traded. That's all I want now. I'm tired of this roster. You're angry. I'm very angry. I'm so angry at the likes of Stanton and Sanchez and so many of them. But uh, that's, that's your movie update this day was released on type thing to start the show. Okay. It's the day after the Yankees get bounced out of the ALCS. But I think it plays well because most people are glad yeah and i'm pretty a lot sure of celebrating out there. i'm pretty sure <laughs> half the people that listen to us if not more than half hate listen to us at times that's that probably true we're prickly right. we have that howard stern quarter uh. <laughs> we're hoping <laughs> but we'll move on today and we'll cover some contemporary stuff and give you some current movie reviews uh, and that's why we're going to start with what we're watching this week michael it's what we're watching good job I watch Zombieland Double Tap. Yeah, you've been teasing this. So what's the review? What's the final word here? So it really delivers as a Zombieland movie with the laughs, with the Zombieland kills, the world is your playground, last people on earth, kind of good. So How many Oscars can we expect? Zero Oscars Damn shame. expected. But it's still like it's a, it's a fun time at the movies. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a great way to eat a popcorn. It is that uh, kind of film where you're laughing once every five minutes, and for me, if I'm getting a good laugh at once every ship. five minutes, yeah. that's great. Yeah, that's great. I love it. It was a it was a, it was a good crowd. They were hyped. It was a million kids in this crowd, like young kids, like five year olds Is six-year-old. it a rated R movie? Yes, zombies, f bombs, kills, murderous kills, and these kids are like, yeah,
1: <laughs> this society. It
0: was wonderful. <laughs> Which it was, was more kid, Zombieland, Double Tap, or Incredibles Two? <laughs> Oh, we, well, close? We, w- we went to see Incredibles 2 at like an old people hour, didn't we? Smack in the daytime, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was an yeah. old people hour playing hooky kind of thing. Right. There was like old people. Yeah. Barely any kids. No, I don't know. There were kids in the- there. It was like kids oh, was running a- around, yeah. Okay, at yeah. the bottom. And now I'm remembering. Yeah. More kids at Zombieland. land Double tap. Jesus. All right. And I couldn't believe it. But Zoe Deutsch. Star of the show. She's hilarious. No kidding. I thought thought she steals every scene. And I I heard going in that she steals every scene. So I was like, wait a minute. Come on. How good is she? Nah, she's really funny throughout. It's not the jokes that you would expect. I think the first movie had way more substance. Being about loneliness, about loss, about building a new family. Like this movie is just like, is this a rom-com? Kind of, sort of a rom-com? No. Is it maybe a (laughs) rom-com? Yeah, a little bit of rom-com. So that's like the the extent of the you know the substance of it and then the finale might have might as well just had a title card before the finale' it's like hey audience here's your finale oh, so that like that this is disheartening I love I thought the first Zombieland was very clever but it was 10 years ago and we had a, a young right. cast maybe with more to prove to themselves I enjoyed the fact that it's a carbon copy of 65% of that movie okay. And I enjoyed that because I enjoyed Zombieland 1. Does it give you anything all that new? No, not really, other than adding some more people into the mix. All right, so it's a good popcorn movie and a fun time at the cinemas. That's a good place to land on that. I uh, watched a bunch of movies while I watched Yankee Games, and this was a very strange development for me, but it worked out like a charm Mm because I didn't want to just totally be unproductive and watch the Yankees and just get mad. Which apparently like I did. You did. So I watched <laughs> Netflix. I watched Candyman. I've never seen Candyman before. It's a good one. I th- thought this was one movie, and then I got something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> I was so surprised. I-, I have many criticisms of 1980s white people and 1980s ho- Hollywood. Yeah. Like they're going over and doing <laughs> mental and gymnastics just to get boobies in this thing. Oh, yeah. Mental gymnastics <laughs> just to somehow make this movie about white people. It's great, isn't it? Like, what, the, what are they doing? What a terrible industry. I, 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 it makes no sense. Like, the most interesting characters here are not the white grad students yeah. who take the tops off, even though they become really great actors later in life, uh, but... You know, the Yankees were getting their asses whooped that night. But I did have a fun watch of this movie. There's slasher movie goods here. I enjoy boobies. <laughs> That's good. Uh, whatever. hit what you're looking for. It did. Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, Mike. I rented this one on Amazon. And this is the 1986 version Great start. Terrific music. Uh, we know that from Mean Green Mother from Out of Space. Mean Green Mother from Out of Space. 1986-87. Uh, best original song half episode there that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. The bit parts from the first movie with Jack Nicholson playing the sadomasochistic dental patient was funny in the first movie as a bit part. Mm-hmm. It's not really funny when it's blown out for, like, a 20-minute sequence with Steve Martin and Bill Murray. I can't believe I'm saying this, but that was the worst part of the film. And you had some funny stuff lead, leading into that, but you figure you got Steve Martin and Bill Murray doing a big sequence here. It was terrible. I like, don't even It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I don't even remember Steve Martin and Bill Murray taking part in it. It just so, like, blocked out from my mind. All I remember is, I mean, a little Shop of heart. I remember the plant. Right. <laughs> There's a plant. I remember right. the plant vividly, and I remember Rick Moranis. So I love the the music. I love the horror movie goods here. It really is a horror movie musical, and I, I love that fact. I thought the finale was great. Yeah. So I'm very mixed about it. I'm up and down about it. The middle of the movie's terrible. All right, so that's two horror movies down. Let's get back to your uh, weekly Succession update. And it finally went down. I mean, the finale happened. Only uh, Succession could do what Succession is doing Yeah. It makes you drop your jaw once every few episodes. I think it's probably better than season one. Hard to say because season one was great. It's on that level, though. So this this is a show that it should be talked about like crazy. Acting MVP was Matthew McFadden to me. I thought he was, he was hilarious the whole season. I have to just take the dive and binge this and watch Here's it Here's what's cool. There was a new setting like an event setting for each and every episode. There's 10 episodes and like they're on this retreat, they're on this yacht, they're going here to this mansion. Every episode was this new, Backdrop. And I love that fact. And then you had big things happening in, in almost every episode. I think I counted like two major setup episodes going on. But otherwise, there's major events happening. I love the way it finished. I can't wait to see season three, which is the job of a season two. Yeah. I mean, if anything, so you know, it's 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 gonna be a show that lives on. I I'm really impressed. It's best show on TV. All right. I saw a lot of people on film Twitter and Twitter in general just loving it and loving every step of the way and being outraged and kind of mm-hmm. surprised at the finale so that's good like I said I gotta take the dive in Uh, you did some sports watching as well HBO Go streaming on the laptop What's My Name Muhammad Ali this is one of the longer Yankee games and I was able (laughs) to get the whole three hour documentary done Wow! I will watch any Muhammad Ali documentary yeah It's unbelievable. When We Were Kings is one of my all-time favorites. Facing Ali, The Trials of Muhammad Ali, they're all good. I even like Michael Mann's Ali. I know you don't like that. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm I'm a big fan. So, I mean, yeah, just always. I will always watch these. It's like a bedtime story that I keep going back to that I keep wanting people to tell me because this is a heroic life, and it's crazier than fiction. It's bigger than life and bigger than fiction in many ways. I can't believe, you know, Thriller in Manila, Rumble in the Jungle. What great sports stories. I can't wrap my head around people that are that famous and what life must be like for that. Like, you can never just go outside. You can't do anything. Nothing. In well, life. that's why he basically buys, like, a camping ground, like an right. entire national park. Right. And then he trains there and he lives there. And, and So, live in the middle of it just to get some little peace and quiet. Speaking of the middle of nature and peace and quiet, (laughs) I watched The Death of Dick Long, Michael. You told me about this movie before we hit record today, and this just sounds beautiful. I want to do a 10-episode series about the spoilers of this movie. Part of it, part of the joy of it, would be how good or how cult classically bad, awesomely bad, this movie could have been. Yeah. It still might become one of the funniest underground cult comedies going. This is me not being mature enough For a a normal movie critic. I'm not at that level yet. Like, I've read reviews that make me giggle hysterically. Because these are just people at the height of decorum and sophistication describing this movie and this ridiculous premise. And I don't know how they're not just Beavis and Butthead laughing their way through it. Everything about this seems patently absurd. Right down to the poster I'm staring at right now where it looks like a guy standing in a field with a gigantic explosion in front of him going out from his private area. (laughs) It's ridiculous, Mike, because they kind of market it in a schlocky way. Right. And it is a schlocky movie, but then the movie's tone is so serious for the most part like i wasn't laughing at jokes i don't know if this movie was trying to be funny it's listed as a comedy on imdb so it has that going for it they have to that's the only reason why so maybe not your best watch this week but certainly your most intriguing maybe might be the strangest watch i've had in the last 10 years and that's no (laughs) wow and now i'm i'm hyping this movie up in a strange way it is not like a enjoyable watch, really. <laughs> so like, you're going to go in... The hallmark Mike, of every good movie. <laughs> also, Mike said, you got to see this. No, don't go into... You will show. not enjoy this. <laughs> this is weird. Like, this could have been one of the greatest all-time cult classics ever wow. if they just leaned into the subject matter. I don't know what is wrong with them. All right. Well, let's uh, let's throw that into your C by Skip. Maybe we'll talk about <laughs> horror movies, including this one as a horror movie. Uh, oh, See by is. Skip, Death of Dick Long, Zombieland Double Tap, or uh, well, I guess we'll throw Candyman in there instead of Little Shop of Horrors. All right, so that's interesting. I have to see The Death of Dick Long (laughs) again for our 10-part podcast uh, retrospective on Right, of course. You know, annual retrospective on this movie. The deep dive will no doubt give it soon. I'm curious to, like, watch Candyman 2. I'm, like, wondering where they'll go with that. I don't know if I need to see Candyman 1 again. Oh, it gets... It gets ridiculous. (laughs) Like, I just don't get it. Like, he's corporeal, and then he's not. Yeah. Like, he can't be touched, but then he can be hurt. Consistency wasn't a big thing with a lot of, like, the slashers in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, I'm getting to that, I guess, (laughs) over the course of these... uh, Knowing you, really. Yeah, right. (laughs) It's molded my personality. You get it. So, I want to see Candyman 2. Okay. I legitimately, I don't need to. So, I'm skipping Candyman 1 Fair. on rewatch. I guess I'd buy Zombieland Double Tap. Wow. I, I just had fun. I didn't expect that breakdown. I, I thought Death of Dick Long was going to get the buy, I'll be honest with you, with your uh, glowing recommendation. I would be humiliated to have Death of Dick Long sitting on your somewhere. shelf. Just because I'm an immature fourth grade <laughs> mentality person that can't handle. Dirty jokes. Just walking by it every day and giving it the side eye, expecting (laughs) it to judge you. Yeah, (laughs) I can't handle it. It's ridiculous. What's the best thing you watched this week, Michael? The best thing I watched this week was the fact that South Park made a funny episode again. So episode three, they did a thing with Cartman trying to get his vaccinations and he refuses to get them. And he's like a little kid and it's it's great. Are they still taking aim at China in their episodes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so so it's just going to be like a season-long thing? That was the big one. And uh, I think they will be just like... You know. Oh, boy. And they don't care. We're going to have a story on why they want to care. Yeah, sure yeah. And China's being China's really just invading every aspect of our lives, sports, pop culture, yeah. movies, etc. All right. Uh, I had I, I can't tell you anything I watched this week because I don't remember watching so anything. So you were a vintage couch potato. I did. This was yeah. Wrestling. Right. This was reality and TV. Yeah. And this was sports. Yeah. That's it. That was my week, and I don't it's have consuming. anything. Yeah. I, I I didn't. I did sit on the couch and just get mad at the Yankees instead of watching <laughs> it. You proposing this idea where you watch something in the interim so you don't get so emotionally invested. I wish was brought up seventy two hours ago. <laughs> I kept myself at <laughs> arm's length. It was really smart. It's a I genius the idea. Same yeah. Thing I may start doing it giants today right, right. exactly what, what do I, do I, I think that's watch really watch smart I yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh i i have nothing but rage i got a lot of rage and anger mm-hmm. about what i watched this week but other than that uh nothing much so i have nothing to bring to the table other than a couple d-grade horror movies i watched silver bullet for the first time <laughs> I because it was on fear fest yeah uh, uh, <laughs> my god any goods <laughs> I mean, Gary Busey is a horror movie protagonist in this oh, movie. Really? Yeah, he's like the guy that saves the family. And it's just bad. What <laughs> level of Busey is this? I want to Busey. I, like, like, not very Busey. He's like, you look at the guy and you're like, oh, this guy's an actor in Hollywood. Not right. this guy's a psychopath escaped from the war. <laughs> he's not there yet. He's keeping it together. I, I, I want to say this was like early 90s. It seemed like early 90s, late 80s, something like that, but... Stephen King adaptations weren't great. Most of them are bad. For it's the most red part, red yeah. Eyes. They're most not most of them are and were bad. And and it's funny, one of the days for AMC Fear Fest was just a Stephen King adaptation Marathon. They played like the original It, they played Perfect. Pet Cemetery One and Two. <laughs> it's like <laughs> No, this is not good. Have you seen two before ever? It was on it like it started at like two a.m. and I wanted like to stay up and watch it, but I just didn't. A lot of green barf in that movie, apparently. Perfect. That's all I want out of it. That sounds great. <laughs> I've seen trailers, just like, like what are they doing? How did that? How was that in the first movie? Now I have to do a double feature of Pet Cemetery Two and Death of Dick Long just to get through my day. So, so uh, uh, nothing from me that much. We'll move on and transition seamlessly from green barf to talking about our dear listeners here with some audience interaction. A six degrees of MMO recap. We had Kang Ho Song, or Song Kang Ho, uh, going to Zoe Deutsch. Dutch, Deutsch. Deutsch. Grosch. Gross. Golf. Yeah, that was, your, uh, that was your chain that you had to make today. And we had a couple of efficiency award winners, Michael. Yeah, Jack Mayer at J May 658 he said Kang Ho Song was in Snowpiercer with Octavia Spencer. I don't remember her in that movie. Neither do I. That's yeah. a good point. He's lying. He's lying. He might not be lying. Mm -hmm. We don't know. (laughs) Octavia Spencer has a small role as the check-in person in 2002's Spider-Man. Really? I don't remember her in that movie either. This is just the lying about Octavia Spencer entry. (laughs) That (laughs) franchise's (laughs) reboot The Amazing Spider-Man has a deleted scene with Zoe Deutsch. Wow, no fact checker at the bottom of our screen today. I think it was Dark Nook who actually provided the deleting scene with Zoe Deutsch for a different entry. So yeah. that one I think I can verify. <laughs> the other two, the Octavia Spencer lies. We're not letting you get away with it, Jack Mayer. Jack Mayer. <laughs> uh, the Jim Reaper, a fantastic name, mm-hmm. at Jim B O C C P A S F 186. Host song to Spencer, to Evans, to Kingsley, to Richardson, to Sprouse, to Deutsch, Snowpiercer, to Gifted. To Marvel, to Operation Finale, to Five Feet Apart, to Sweet Life on Deck. The efficiency here is in the verbiage he used, because this it's, is just a list of names and titles. It's the sh- tweet is half as short as everybody else's, <laughs> even though he has double the connections. But I want to give him, yeah, give a him a title, highlight, yeah, for the effort there. I think that was excellent. There, there's some there's something to be said for uh, ingenuity and presentation as well. Presentation, yeah. it presentation matters. <laughs> Last week's winner at Dark Nook Shop said, "Uncredited bookends here. Zoe Deutsch is uncredited as Gossip Girl." quote, Gossip Girl, in The Amazing Spider-Man. There it is. Stanley cameos in all of the Spider-Mans, including those James Franco's in. Franco's in the interview with Kang Ho Song, who is uncredited as soldier watching the interview. He he provided both the clip of Zoe Deutsch in The Amazing Spider-Man and uh, the Kang Ho Song cut I guess uh, cameo from the interview so that was funny that was funny and it's a, that's a long that's inefficient in describing it but I get why <laughs> but that's one two three yeah. it is a one two three it is it is Ephraim Winslow at Hayden underscore Petty though uncredited Kang Ho Song is in the interview again with James Franco who was in the disaster artist with Deutsch that might be a true efficiency just that's bang 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 truly efficient yeah Ephraim Winslow. Swamp Thing at Wojciech Weischer said Kang Ho song played in the movie called Tai Si Un John Sa, Good job. which translated is Taxi Driver. Uh, sure. Again, we have no way of verifying this. <laughs> I mean, we do, but we didn't. <laughs> Taxi Driver is also the title of a famous Martin Scorsese production Never heard with of it. Robert De Niro, who was in Dirty Grandpa with Zoe Deutsch. <laughs> Dirty Love Grandpa. It. I forgot that movie existed. When Robert De Niro, should. God bless Most him, people. passes on, I don't think that's going to be one of the things on a sizzle reel or his highlight reel at the wake. Here's, here's the thing: like, I was at oh c- c- Speaking of wake, yeah. I was at a wake, and my my cousin came up to me. He's younger than me. He's like, "Hey, have you seen Dirty Grandpa?" <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the strangest moment of my film critic, you know, amateur film critic life. Just pulling it out of nowhere and it dropping was funny, it on you? It's it like, hey, it just, he was awkward there at a wake. I was awkward at a wake. We didn't know what to How talk do about. I break the ice? We have to hang. We How have, do I break the we ice? We have to hang for an hour, but it was, yeah. Dude. Oh, I know. You've <laughs> seen movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How about going on to Oliver Hetherington Page, who's dropped some books on our heads the last couple weeks we truly enjoy and love. The I don't know if this works, but I don't care because it's fun award is what we'll title this one. Uh, Going short and sweet this time, he says, Kang Ho Song's last name is also a word for a piece of music. (laughs) Again, really tough to argue with any of the facts that Oliver brings up. Uh, An example of a song is Don't Stop Believing by Journey or The Cast of Glee. Glee is a show created by Ryan Murphy, also a show by Ryan Murphy, is called The Politician, which features Zoe Deutsch. Yes, to all of that, yes, that's correct. (laughs) I think. That seems to be accurate. I think there's like an autocorrect in there. Because the cast of Glee did Don't Stop Believing on this show. Right, I, yeah. I, yeah. So that, yeah. I think that's what he was going for. That. That's why I don't know if this works, but I don't care because it's fun regardless <laughs> of work. So, great job, as always. Oliver, the David Lynch Award left peak goes to Bill Bratsky. Bill Bratsky, 2620. My uncle molested me. <laughs> Sang Kang Ho. Oops. Song Kang Ho did the voice of Alex the Lion in the Korean dub version of Madagascar, a role that was played in the U.S. version by Ben Stiller. I love that. Stiller starred in the Myrowitz stories with Adam Sandler, who also starred in Big Daddy with Cole and Dylan Sprouse. They were the little kids? I didn't realize that. Yeah. The Sprouse I, I never twins. knew that. All right, the Sprouse twins were on the TV show called *The Sweet Life on there Deck*, you go. which also co-starred Zoe Deutsch. Boom. I did not know those were the Sprouse twins. As film critics and just in general, as a society, we don't give voice actors enough credit, and certainly not international voice actors mm-hmm. that have to redub all of these American movies that we go out and talk about being distributed to the Asian market. So, good job there. Great job. Uh, right peak award goes to Mark Burgundy, frequent flyer again at the One Hanson H A N. Sen S-E-N, Kang Ho Song, was in The Howling. The Howling Six, which apparently was a thing. I hope they didn't get up to that point. Like, I hope they went Howling One, Howling Two, and then just said, fuck it, six. <laughs> howling Six starred Antonio Fargus, who was in i am going to get you Sucker," with Hawthorne James, who was in Speed with Keanu Reeves, Little switch of the road here, Keanu, yeah. the movie, stars Keegan-Michael Key, who was in The Disaster Artist with Zoe Deutsch. So there's two just lynching <laughs> connections traveling down a road and then just hitting a time portal and going on a different howling one to howling six (laughs) keanu reeves to the keanu the film great job as always mark burgundy and finally the winner this week goes to spooky scary nolan which is the halloween handle for at nolan roberts 17 song kang ho is in Snowpiercer, a movie in which many people online have theorized is a sequel to willy wonka and the chocolate factory did you know this? I of? have never heard that theory, but I am fascinated by it So right now. we're looking this up. Yeah. Immediately. How? What? If you had to guess, what's the natural progression? How do we get from Willy Wonka to Snowpiercer? Which Willy Wonka? The, the original Willy Wonka? It has to be something with the bars, right? The bars they eat in Snowpiercer? Well, listen. I think that kid running that <laughs> Charlie? factory. That factory. <laughs> yeah. And Gene Wilder allowing a child to run your factory. <laughs> that could bring about a world environmental crisis. Just totally ignoring any kind of labor laws we have in place. In True. This, yeah. All right. I can that see that. That makes some sense. Yeah. And who knows what evils lurk <laughs> in the corners and the failed experiments in the corners of that lab. So are the Oompa Loompas just like on a back, one, back cabin of the train now? Is that... Or do they go extinct? Oompa Loompas... Prove my point. <laughs> right? All I can They're think enslaved about... as well. They're enslaved. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's a nightmare. A hundred percent. And all I can think about is if our president was just like three Oompa Loompas under an overcoat. <laughs> but I guess we'll go on now. But Tilda Swinton in oakja reminds me of the makeup yes. of Johnny Depp in the Tim Burton Willy Wonka. I well. can see that. Yeah. There's another connection. All right. So we're drawing we're some doing something here. Off the cuff. <laughs> Off the cuff. We did not stop and look that up. Anyway, uh, the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is based on the children's novel by Ronald Dahl, who also wrote the BFG. I hated that adapted into a film directed by Steven Spielberg who also directed Lincoln featuring Sally Field who was in The Amazing Spider-Man which has a deleted scene featuring Zoe Deutsch so it brings a full circle there what won him this award was the fact that he addressed this conspiracy yeah. that blew my mind Yeah, of of yeah that us. we have to do some research on now but that is, uh, you are the winner Spooky Scary Nolan, Nolan <laughs> Roberts 17 you win this week, you claim all bragging rights to all things 6 degrees of MMO in our true uh, improvisation uh, exercise that we do every week now. You're on this leather throne, which has, uh, uh, has elevated, gone through a couple levels. Mike and I are wearing jester hats and ghost masks. Uh, it's fall outside. Right. It's very spooky. People think it's just a Halloween decoration. The paranormal investigators mm-hmm. have come by to investigate it. Right. Yes, and something else, Michael. Go. Uh, I, just, and, I, I, and, I just stalled. <laughs> And the investigators uh, in their investigation. My first instinct was just to totally rip off the Halloween storyline with the two <laughs> podcasters that start there and say they get I killed. Because I was going to go to Dick Long, and then I <laughs> freaked out. I was like, one of whose name is Dick Long. Uh-oh, look what's going to happen next. So you guys got to see this movie just so you get my stupid ghost. So as the investigators approach the chair, which our dear friend Nolan Roberts is in, yeah. they think they're going to question him. He takes off and just shoots into space. This isn't a floating chair at all. This is a rocket-propelled ship. So now he brings Halloween joy to the cosmos? Yes. Yes, perfect. Okay, Perfect. That's our adaptation to it this week. But he's like the uh, Sputnik dog. Yes. He's he, gone forever. He's got to figure out how to control it. He's, he's on a chair okay. right now. He doesn't know how to control that throne. Until he shows up in an MCU stinger scene. <laughs> But that's where you exactly. are. Exactly. Floating moment. out into space right now. God, I can't wait for November 1st to get here uh, so we can start a new throne. But uh, you are the winner, Nolan Roberts. All bragging rights, six degrees of MMO are yours for this week. Michael, what do we have to challenge the people with next week? So in a seamless edit, <laughs> we have thought about this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go with Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Who we're very excited about playing Catwoman in the next Batman movie by Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson. More on her in a moment. And I'm going to throw the rope yeah. over the uh, the wooden plank above <laughs> our heads. Throw it to you, Michael, here, and let you explain the rest of this. So, the other Zoe Kravitz is going to go to Paul F. Tompkins because... That's the worst setup in the history of comedy, by the way. Good luck with that. You're telling me just to hang myself. <laughs> Which, so, Zoe Kravitz is going to be in Batman, the new mm-hmm. Batman. Mm-hmm. Paul Dano, also going to be the Riddler in the new Batman. Uh, We have more on that later on in this episode. Paul Dano was, of course, in There Will Be Blood, alongside Daniel Day-Lewis, in which Paul F. Tompkins has a a small role in There Will Be Blood. So, (laughs) Zoe Kravitz to Paul F. Tompkins. That is your Six Degrees of MMO challenge for this week. Uh, You can reach out to us. Let us know your entries and submissions, as always. Did I hang myself well? No, that was okay. It was okay. It was much worse five minutes ago when you took you know, that five minutes to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> I did it quicker this time. We'll move on again seamlessly to a box office update here. El Camino did well for itself on Netflix during its first weekend. 6.5 million views in its first three days. Netflix finally released the number. It's a sizable number. Mike, you have a lot on this. Is it a sizable? I, I get I mean, Yeah, a lot. It's millions and millions of views, but if you take the average ticket price of 2018, which was $9.11, so even if you say that every two views is a different person, that's about a $30 million opening for the film if those numbers were the theater-going numbers. I I guess that's numbers to be happy with, $30 million, yay, but I would have thought it would have been more. And the numbers we do get from Netflix, because they don't release much often, Breaking Bad kind of pales in comparison to what Bird Box did last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, 6.5 million views over three days. That's about 15.2 million views over a full week if those averages were consistent. Bird Box did three times that number. It did 45 million in its first week. And Netflix would have to know that those two numbers are going to be compared to each other when they come out. So here's kind of where I slot it. Like, TV numbers for a good night of television, is over a million people, right? If you, if you have a rating of over a million, that's yeah. pretty good, yeah, yeah. good, right? Yeah. So if Breaking Bad ever did like a, you know, ball game kind of a number like that, one million, whatever it did at its height, that's a good number. So 6.5 million views in three days for the same thing is good. It's probably going to finish the week at something like 20 million views, even though that's half of Bird Box. Which was a phenomenon, I guess, for Netflix. Yeah. That's still really, really good. That would have been like, you know, 70, 80 million in its first week, its first full week at the box office. And if they're releasing these numbers, they want us to know that it's 70, 80 million at the box office. 10.3 million people watched the Breaking Bad finale back a couple okay. years ago when it came out. So, yeah, you're probably hitting on something there. I just think it's odd that you, you, you take this beloved property and you're basically shining the light on how it's not up to the merits of a. Pretty run of the mill horror film. How many people are keeping track? Unless we keep track for them, how many of our audience members? They're, they're I'm sure they they're don't. They're plugged yeah, in. Yeah, I'm sure they're they plugged don't in. How many of them remember that bird right. box was 45 million? I don't know. I can't believe. 45 million Did I just insult our entire watched, audience? Watched, but <laughs> no, I mean, why would they bird remember box. that number? Uh, you're right. It's probably just for dweebs like us that we host these kind of new shows. Capital yeah. dwee. Mike, <laughs> what else we got for the top of the box office? this Okay, weekend? so Maleficent. Mistress of Evil did $36 million, well under projections, well under the 70 million it did for the first movie. That's not good. Not good for Maleficent. Are we getting to a saturation point with these Disney live-action remakes? Do people care? I mean, we have kind of postulated and theorized on the show that this Maleficent, which would assume to be a trilogy or <laughs> presume to be a trilogy, is going to lead up to the Sleeping Beauty live-action remake because it's one property they haven't really touched on yet. We were excited about this way of doing a live-action right. remake. Ryan L. Terry was very excited that Michelle Pfeiffer, who's in this movie, has a pet cat in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting somewhat excited for this film. I was thinking about throwing it into a double-feature scenario. Yeah. And then I kind of did a food expedition yesterday. Right. I, did, I ate food. As opposed to seeing che- this movie. I had a cheat day instead of seeing mm-hmm. this movie, Mike. I think this is a bad omen for Angelina Jolie, in a way, and I think it's a bad omen for... It's a bad omen for the property, that's the property. for certain. I mean, they did almost half of what the first Maleficent movie did for, in its opening weekend, so they can't be all that happy with it the first movie's budget was 180 million if this one's opening if it had the same numbers or a little more for its budget this one opened at 30 some odd million it's not going to hit that domestically box office mojo says the international numbers are up to 153 million total so 117 international compared to 36 domestic so maybe it does gangbusters even more so but it's going to have to it's going to be tough yeah gonna have to joker made 29.2 million still holding strong more about that movie when we get to the do you care segment here got a couple of uh Interesting angles on what happened with that story. So, Zombieland made 26.7 million in its opening weekend, which is, strangely enough, kind of sort of strong because its budget is only 42 million, and it's up to 32 million worldwide. It's so, it's nice to see three movies too crossing over 25 million dollars this weekend. Definitely, uh, we'd like to see. You know, 2019's kind of been lagging at the box office. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks, so we'd like to see that pick up and it should pick up with all the big titles being held until the end of this year for oscars consideration and whatnot uh so something to keep an eye on you gave the Zombieland double tap review at the top of this show yeah, seems to be a fun on. yeah fun little fun popcorn movie. movie uh the adams family made 16 million which was well above projections so that's good for them i can't believe that movie I really, I mean, <laughs> I would have thought this did like 20 million opening, 9 million in its second week, and that's pretty much it. But it's the a 30 million opening. It's following that up by losing less than half its audience for its second week. It's doing great. 56 million thus far. Uh, doing much better than Gemini Man's doing, Mike. Oh, that boy. only made 8.5 million. It's up to 36.5 domestic. The budget is 138, and the worldwide take thus far, it's doing a little better overseas, is 118. As a masochist, I kind of want to just start doing, at the end of the year, having a a biggest flop review and just have us watch the five biggest flops of the year and give our thoughts about them. Really? Why would you do that? As a masochist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Other news at the box office, Hustlers finally crossed 100 million domestically, that did worlds better than anyone did. Somebody check on Megan Ellison at Anna Perna's offices. <laughs> the Lighthouse made $52,000 per theater. Jojo Rabbit followed that up by doing 70k Good. per theater. We're looking forward to both of those in upcoming OSP episodes, so stay tuned for that. Yes sir, and probably the next 2 weeks. Finally, Parasite has already made 1.8 million in 10 days. After basically seven of those days, I think, I'm assuming, seven of those days, it was only released in three theaters. Wow. Anyway, the top theater count has been 33. They've so, done a wonderful job marketing it. It's yeah. getting a lot of momentum. So even if it was released in 33 theaters for 10 days... Almost $2 million is uh, is big money. 60000 per theater, about about yeah, something that, like that, that. So That's making crazy money. Yeah, they they got to be happy with that. and It's got a lot of momentum, a lot of word of mouth. I know people are clamoring to get their hands on when they can't see it, when it's coming to their local theater. So that's really all you can ask for that type of movie, especially for an international feature that's going to have Oscars, aspirations, and implications. Oh, it's coming like Triple E, Mike. It's I, uh, <sighs> I'm very upset about all of it. You are. You are. <laughs> we got some trailer yeah. thoughts on, Mike. Trailer! New trailers that debuted this week, right after we had parted last week, recording MMOW. The Doolittle trailer came out, so this is our recap of it now. Thank God we didn't get to it right when it came out, because there have been stories that have leaked since that we need to talk about. So here's the premise of Doolittle. Anywho, no, no, this is a grown-up dramatic take on the Dr. Doolittle character, complete with Iron Man. Please don't. (laughs) do this why are they doing this mike robert downey jr's accent is like d in sunny sunny i mean it's, it's not great going from one dialect to the next it's so strange that coat was used in sherlock holmes what is he doing in this film why is he doing this film this would be my question what is going on literally the first he's thought. not singing i i hate bashing movies we know this I, I, do I we, we both don't like doing it but the first thought i had after watching this trailer, was this has to be a January release? Oh and sure enough. God, it feels. I mean, like this it. is the stereotype we talk about when it's like not great. Put it in January. And you know what? Like friends like Ryan L. Terry have come to us and saying like this January seems better. And I would it does. Agree with it that. does. Yeah. We and we talked about this when we were in the Dolomite Theater looking at previews. Bad Boys for Life, the yeah. Rhythm Section movie. I'm curious about a couple more. There's a couple horror movies mm-hmm. there coming out. I'm like looking up for this January and then we get a trailer like this and it just seems like a half-ass attempt here to give us something close to what was a classic for me in my childhood. I know my mother, it's one of her favorite movies of all time and we get these cartoony nonsense animals with obvious green screen backdrops on the high seas, on this island. doesn't look great. I don't know what's worse. The Dumbo circuses and train settings <laughs> are these backdrops. I mean, is the VFX not done yet? That they make it look so stark? I mean, all of the, the... I'm so glad terrible. you asked. So, <sighs> I said there was stories that came out about this, and there is truly reason to be worried about this film. Mm. Someone claiming to have been on set and worked on set for this film went on Reddit after the trailer's debut and basically confirmed all the fears that Ugh. this trailer suggests and brings up. Uh, the production was apparently a mess. The director's gig changed hands halfway through and much confusion was had about whether the, what the point of the camera placement was and the interactions between certain characters were overall. This is from a quote from Reddit user Goofyface. It was deep in production hell last year. They started filming scenes before they had even planned where the animated animals would be standing. We were gone before another writer came on board, thanks to Gaggins, the original writer-director's hatred for all things pre-production, so I can't attest to the state of things now, but man, if it's even remotely watchable, then the new guys deserve some fucking medals. That's a quote from a person that was on set. This person would go on to describe how the original director, who would eventually be fired, wanted to replace the entire pre-visual department halfway through shooting Mm -hmm. and even almost punched out an expensive 8k television because a vr talking goose wasn't shown on screen during a scene despite the fact that he himself had demanded that the vr talking goose Mm -hmm. not be shown on screen during the scene All of this is happening before I tell you that the listed budget for this is $175 million, and it looks like Robert Downey Jr. and Wife have a personal stake in this as they're listed Uh, as producers. uh, I think Universal has a gigantic flop on its hands. Universal, they've been misreading some, some audience signals of late. They've been struggling. They've had some magnificent flops on their hands over the last year and it's unfortunate because I you know I, I loved what they did in the 90s and 2000s in many cases I mean they're a big studio for a reason yeah. right they've done enough to get kind of that cachet and get that money but so oh boy I am hung up on the fact that this user's username <laughs> great is Goopy Goofy Face yeah. like I mean is this are they trying to be the deep throat of the film <laughs> industry here Sloppy Ding Dong Head Attempted. and from the uh, source on the ground Sloppy Ding Dong Head said. Did you what talk, are they doing? Did you talk to Goofy Face? <laughs> did you talk to Goofy Face? Da-na, da-na. What are they doing? This is ridiculous. I can't take you seriously, Goofy Face. I love it. I love it. I hope, the, I hope the Deep does. Throat names get... I mean, Deep Throat is a ridiculous name. It is a ridiculous <laughs> name, but it's also kind of effed up. Goofy Face. It's just like, what are we doing? He's got a Goofy Face. <laughs> Lady and the Tramp is the next trailer. Thank God. The pre- yeah, and we needed this uplifting after what we just saw with Doolittle, the premise. Lady and the Tramp, but make it the greatest movie ever by featuring real jobs. Mike, I want to live in this movie. So good. So cute. It's one of the first trailers in a while where I want to be a human character in this story. (laughs) If they have reenactments of this movie places, I'm not an actor. I am not a performer, but I would like to live in this fantasy with all these dogs and How just be be a person whose sandwich gets took how is this not an attraction at Disney World right now you just go into an Italian restaurant filled with dogs Dogs, Who and puppy want, yeah. tramps, and I mean, give me a break. I, that that line would be out the door. And I need, like I said, I needed this trailer after the Doolittle nonsense. This looks so adorable. It's streaming mm-hmm. on Disney Plus November 12th. I thought this was going to be a theatrical debut, but apparently not the case. Now, Disney Plus uh, is forcing us to buy it once again. Yes, this is its most dastardly, <laughs> yes. irresistible ploy yet. Absolutely true. Tessa Thompson and Justin Thoreau, they're the voices of the protagonist, Lady Ann Trant. There, Charlie Bean. He most recently directed the Lego Ninjago movie. He's the director of this. This looks absolutely adorable and it's capable of making me believe in love. I believe in life and love. <laughs> I think the two best parts of the story, too, they're not even accentuated in the trailer. We don't even get to see the food I that they're gonna it. eat. I knew it. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's a great-looking sandwich, and it's a phenomenal-looking sandwich for a, a meatball in the trailer. I'm talking to too many bro friends lately because I keep saying phenomenal on the last few podcasts, but there's a meatball in the trailer, but it's not enough. I want the spaghetti. I want it all. We're going to get that in the movie, Mike. We'll get ready because it's going to look delicious. And then we haven't really sampled all the music again. Like, it's in the background. Yeah. It's slight. That's a good point. But this is... The music that will chorus my dreams. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I mean, these, for everything we talked about, the Lion King kind of making the animals look eh, not mm-hmm. emoting enough, mm-hmm. not being realistic enough for animal faces, I think they nailed it with this. I mean, uh, the, at least from what I saw in the trailers, these love. dogs look like dogs. They look like dogs, they're emoting, yeah. the doggies have much better acting chops than lions <laughs> let's just say just proving once again that canines beat felines i mean it's just the science win, of the world yeah win. we are on that hill we're on a few hills here at mike mike and oscar that is one of them uh next trailer now mike terminator dark fate red band trailer we can't no I, I refuse yeah we're not doing this we're not doing it either <laughs> this i be, was in this would be the fifth Fourth or fifth different trailer? We're not doing it. No. I was in after the first trailer. i refused to push play. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to see your movie. I said that after one trailer. Right. You don't need to give me five trailers. And that has to be what the studio is thinking here. They must not have faith in the cut they have. They gotta be scared. Because... I don't even know. I had because, and I don't know why. If you look at projections now, they're up about $10 million from where the long-term projections were for this film as far as it's opening. It's projected yeah. to do around $40 million, or long-term had it doing around 25 to $30 million. So that's a good thing. I don't know why you're shoving this down our throats. I would expect that in a studio change situation, you might get an extra trailer or two. Sure. But you have five major yeah. trailers for this one what is going on and, and it's not like, like it's an unknown property right. it's not like people attached to it are unknown entities i mean tim miller just did deadpool. deadpool everybody knows everybody knows james cameron everybody knows linda hamilton yep i i don't get it i i am I'm, I'm getting scared for the movie same because yep. you're overselling me on yep same here Darn. uh so we don't care about that trailer let's talk about some other things we may or may not care about Juggly. This is the Do You Care segment, this is where we take news stories of the week and we ask each other, do we, should we, or will we care about them, the way we start every Do You Care segment, I'm going to have to start looking at different adjectives, but I ask Michael here, sweet, charming, childlike, wondrous Michael Schmeichel, <laughs> that's his name, Robert Schmeichel, about the... Upcoming releases this week in theaters and otherwise. Nationwide this week releasing, we have Black and Blue, Mm -hmm. Countdown, and the current war director's cut. That should raise some red flags. (laughs) We already have a director's cut. (laughs) We're we're just releasing the director's cut. Because the cut we tried to fumble was awful. We've ruined this movie. (laughs) So we'll at least go back to the original vision and see if you can handle that much. Nat Naglia put out a review for this movie. Online. Go read that. It's really great. From Next Best Picture. Black and Blue has fifty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mike, a rare no, I don't care about any of these movies. I know. How I'm about not, that? I'm not gonna see the Bruce Springsteen Western Stars. Isabel huper it's a very middling movie with the Frankie. We we kinda weren't happy. It when inspired we no desire in us trailer. when we saw the trailer, yeah. It's like Brendan Gleason, they're in paradise. With Isabel Huppert, and who's in love, and who's not, or who's a mother, or who's a father. I don't care. It's a confusing. We don't know the relationship between the characters. That wasn't. It was a bad trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. But the only thing I care about is uh, Dolomite is My Name's coming out on Netflix this week. Go back, listen to our review girl yeah. on the third floor with sam punk but that i'm very interested in okay, and i will so, be watching that. so you yeah, care about one I thing care about i care about one thing i want to watch dolomite again because i just laugh so much <laughs> mike zoe kravitz I love that movie I zoe kravitz <laughs> yes. is cast as catwoman paul dano who's cast as the riddler you care i care about a couple things and a couple angles on this story let's start with who was supposed to be the riddler first Jonah Hill, there's a lot of outrage online directed at Jonah Hill after he passed on being part of this Matt Reeves Batman movie. And wow. the cited reason was that he, Jonah Hill, wanted more than the $10 million the studio was offering him. I don't understand why people are mad at him for that. I mean, what's the budget on this movie going to be? $200 million? Mm-hmm. Maybe more? Mm-hmm. And it's likely to gross, what, half a billion at the minimum in the worldwide box office? Minimum, so, if it's a bad movie. If I'm someone of Jonah Hill's stature, and I'm tying myself to a character that's brought Jim Carrey a lot of, you know, negative press and derision over the years, or that Danny DeVito perfected in The Penguin, if I'm playing the Riddler or the Penguin because it wasn't clear which Jonah Hill was in the running for there, yeah, I'd want more than $10 million too to make sure I get my share. So I I don't understand the outrage. This movie breaks even based on the fact that it's a Batman movie. Right, exactly. No matter what. Exactly. It's terrible. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. It does. So I, I I don't understand that. I don't think people should be mad at him for <laughs> so that. So how did they screw up Justice League? That's, <laughs> that's for another show. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of care, too. I think Paul Dano's had a really fun career. He's had a strange career. I think he'll be great. I think he'll do well. I love Zoe Kravitz cast as this... She is like a meld between Halle Berry and Michelle Pfeiffer in so many ways, isn't she? I wasn't crazy about her when she first started on screen. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, she's a fun, fresh, young face. She looks like an interesting actor. I didn't think she was doing above and beyond. I'll tell you, Mike, ever since I saw her season one of Big Little Lies, Mm -hmm. I think she stepped her game up immensely. And I'm not, I I don't know, maybe that's because she was rubbing shoulders so often with the best of the best, Laura Derns, Reese Witherspoons, etc., I'm not saying it's not due to Zoe Kravitz's hard work and improvement and it it totally is and wholly is but for whatever reason ever since maybe it's just more exposure and more refs, ever since getting in Big Little Lies season one I think she's been blowing away uh, as far as the star goes. So I'm really excited to see her bring that to the Catwoman role. And dano too. We just said, I think he's going to do great as the Riddler. He's kind of been out of the acting game. He's only done I think two movies in the last 3 years and he directed Wildlife from last year to the Jake Gyllenhaal movie there. So I'm excited to see him reintroduce himself with this unique character. I'm excited to see DC get Gotham right. Do it. Which get they it haven't right. done in a while. Please. So, let's see it. Finally, Mike the Batman hired a composer, Michael Giacchino! Michael Giacchino! no uh, yeah. uh, Well, there is for me, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've disagreed yet with a single move this film has made. Uh, Giacchino, as I'll call him forever, he won his lone Oscar for the score to up which MMO said may be the best score of all time during yeah. our Pixar rewatch. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you quote us in the past, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's also most recently scored the likes of Spider Man Far From Home, the upcoming JoJo Rabbit, famously has done pretty much every Marvel and Pixar movie. I screamed his name like I just did now right. on 20 some odd episodes of the Pixar rewatch yes, series, you did. so I'm excited for that. I tried to correct the record, but you wouldn't let me. No! No, I would not. But I'm excited for this too. I can't wait. Mike, there's going to be a Galaxy Quest documentary. It's going to be called Never Surrender. Do we care? I will watch this 10 times and then I will watch Galaxy Quest another 10 times going in and coming out of this movie. Thank you very much. I love that film so much and I need more documentaries about Galaxy Quest. It's a great movie. Why do you love that film so much? Have you seen it? Is this the Tim Allen one? Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's great. Yeah, it is. It's like one of the most underrated just family-friendly nerd movies in the history of nerd movies. Does it have a that's big great. following like that? Is it like a big cult classic? Yes. Oh, all yeah, right. That's the whole thing. I'm in good company. Yeah, that's fine. I just wasn't aware of this. That's fine. Like, if we we should do that movie as like a retrospective review, like before Comic-Con or something. Oh. That would be a wise programming move that we haven't made yet. You'd <laughs> get gangbusters and clicks on that. So we'll go Galaxy Quest and follow that up immediately with a back-to-back screening of X-Men Dark Phoenix and Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do these things? You just have to throw this out there. No, this is a great thing, Michael. Never surrender. Can't wait for that doc. Yes. Sounds like you're in good company, like you say. Venom gets a second villain in Shriek Carnage's love interest, Naomi Harris, was in talks. I think she sealed the deal there. Yeah, we're basically a full go right now for the movie adaptation of the Super Nintendo video game Maximum Carnage. That's what this is. I was upset when I heard that Carnage wasn't getting his own showcase picture. I -hmm. didn't want them to add a second villain because I love the Carnage character and I think there's a lot there for a movie adaptation. Right. But if you're going to add Shriek... Mm -hmm which means Doppelganger's probably not far behind, which means you're doing Maximum Carnage. You played this game a lot, I guess. A lot. Uh, I still you play know it. This, it's you at my brother's place. house right now, and I go there and I play it, yes. Uh, I love this video game. I love this property. I don't know where to look in the <laughs> studio right now. <laughs> and it's, gonna... a, it's a fertile ground to build a Venomverse around. And if you ever bring Good. in Spider-Man, there's plenty of baddies for him to fight, too. And he can team up with Venom, and then Venom can turn on him, and they can have their own movie. Such it's great. A, I'm such a hypocrite, because, y- you know, you don't get my nerves and I just gave you shit about not yes. getting my nerddom about Galaxy Quest. You're like, what? This is a thing? Well, I just wasn't aware of it. And yeah. I didn't, I don't, yeah, it's just totally. And I, this was like seconds later, not minutes later. <laughs> seconds later. The next later, story, actually. The next <laughs> story. After I got mad at you for doing something to me, you just, I just did it to you. Yeah. Right back. Yeah, well, that's, that's human right. beings, folks. <laughs> about, this is what movies are made about. Right here. Those little tips. One more diatribe from us is Michael Kevin Feige. Gets promoted to being the CEO of Marvel. Yeah, I don't care because how wasn't he already? Well... You have a lot to say about this. Yeah. Like, he basically was in charge already. For the studio, yes. For all things movie, it was... The buck stopped with Feige. Now my understanding is he's gone from president of Marvel Studios to CEO of Marvel, the brand... So he is the buck stopping oh, okay. with comics and TV shows really? and movies probably video games any kind of licensing adaptation anything Marvel is Kevin Feige now the man can weave some yarns he's good at telling stories so if there's a storytelling yeah. business it makes some great I mean sense. and now you have the opportunity to take what happened in the movies Bring those stories forward into the future through the comics. Kevin Feige can curate all those, give the go ahead, and then he can pick and choose his own stories that he already greenlit in comics to be adapted into movies. This could be one big functioning wheel uh, it could be a in Marvel house. End. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, the comics could be, you know, test runs yep. at a million Exactly different what scripts. I'm thinking. Exactly how I'm thinking and reading this as well. It's a right. good old-fashioned oligarchy. He's basically going to be the dictator of all things Marvel. He's going to be what Stan Lee was in like the '60s and '70s. Yeah. And from what we've seen in the MCU movies, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's never a good thing when one person runs everything, but he can be trusted to make quality content. If the if it's a good king, the kingdom thrives. <laughs> when it's a bad king, the kingdom doesn't. Right. That's the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Hey. It's a good kick. Is he going to get drunk with power? Good. Bad. And then that could be its own movie. But so really, I, we all win. <laughs> I do care that the Hollywood Film Awards is giving the Blockbuster Award to Avengers Endgame, and here's why I Yeah, care. tell me. Because I'm deeply saddened by this. It's not getting Best Picture buzz overall. It's getting put in this popular movie slot, this Blockbuster movie slot. I'm very upset the more I think about the Robert Downey Jr. campaigning for or not campaigning or not not campaigning yeah, for best campaign, actor campaign. because I thought they should have played some games with this. Put them in supporting actor. Say it's a you know it's a uh, ensemble piece. ensemble piece that it's a screen time thing. See if you could have gotten you know momentum on that in a year where you didn't have any obvious people winning this thing already. It wasn't sewn up that best supporting actor category because this movie to win best picture was going to need acting nods i agree with you why they didn't i mean it makes good sense i'm just very upset that avengers endgame is not on the level of best picture consideration that other movies are because i thought that was a kick-ass great film on many levels i would have to go back and confirm this i think there has not been a best picture winner without an acting nomination since slumdog i think i could be way off base so don't quote me there but it's going to be a tough hill to climb Look, all I care about for this movie, really, I hope it gets a Best Picture nomination, but it has to get a screenplay. It no, still could that's get why it. I stand. It still could get a nomination. Sure. It still probably will. And sound effects and VFX, that'll probably happen as well. I just, I was hoping for more. I thought, yeah. uh, I, I don't need it to win like recurrent Return of the King sweep level right. ones. I don't think it was going to do that anyway. No. And everybody, you know, it's not supposed to be Return of the King. Shut up. No, I, I think <laughs> the fact that this was a the best superhero movie yet, in my opinion, ever. ever, this should be up there. And, and that's over The Dark Knight in my book. That's over, you know, uh, a, a bunch of great movies in recent years. And why is it the best? Because it's so emotionally investing, Martin Scorsese. That's true. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Mike South Park is nearing a streaming deal that will likely net them $500-plus plus million Why are people surprised by this?
1: Well, this after is the Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah,
0: this is the biggest non-story to me. South Park's been on for 22 years. They're going to have over 300 episodes soon. That's close to double that of Seinfeld. Netflix just paid a billion dollars for that. Mm-hmm. It's 70 more than Friends. HBO Max just paid almost half a billion dollars for that. They have a huge passionate fan base. You are indicative of that. Sure. Uh, and this season aside, they're usually reliable for high-quality, hilarious content. And guess what? Getting in bed and into the good graces of Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the guys that have had nothing but massive success through every medium of entertainment, through Broadway, book, film, movie, TV shows, not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Makes <laughs> it sense. should probably get a half a billion dollars. If <laughs> Seinfeld is worth a half a billion dollars, then this could make some sense. Yeah. we homers on this one in a way. Speaking of Homer's, what is The Simpsons making? But exactly, yeah. Well, I, was gonna, I was trying to research what that would be, uh, but I can't. You can't find anything with these TV shows are worth. They're basing it on nothing. It's it's, it's crazy. wild. It's crazy. Why are we producing TV shows? <laughs> That's what we should be doing. Uh, Michael, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, is gonna produce his own film. <laughs> is that Krusty? That was that a was great Krusty the Clown. I was supposed to be Barney. Yeah, he's doing a Barney movie. When I was younger, my little brothers loved barney i hated it but i learned how to do all the impressions because they were babies essentially and they were put on the act and i had to watch barney with them so i hate barney hate it i'm like why is daniel kaluuya doing this now he has played even his heroic characters have like racked up body counts let's just say (laughs) You know, so he he holds out for great films. And I, one of the most things that I've respected about him is that he doesn't just do any movie. He's been very picky and choosy over, throughout his career, and he's talked about this. Why is he doing the Barney movie to get the likability factor from people? He must love Barney. He must have Barney posters in his room. Because, Mike, this movie should star David Schwimmer or Modern <laughs> Family's Sarah Hyland or Kenan Thompson or both guys from Good Burger. Or what, it, what is happening right now? Is There must be money in it. Is Barney even still on TV? I don't know the answer to I that. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea, but I thought Death to Smoochie was the end of the Barney movie. Oh, what a movie that is, too. It's a great movie. Ed Norton, I thought, killed it. It's a rocket ship. Um, (laughs) You have a quote from that movie? Yeah, yeah, when he's got the penis cookie and he makes it a rocket ship on the fly. I love that movie. Um, Oh, my God. I I would love to see this adapted into a horror movie. (laughs) I want to see a left-hand turn here and have Barney. I mean, the Banana Splits just came out and were a horror movie. I, I have almost watched that movie... Fifteen times. Yeah, like I've almost either, bought yeah. it for like I'm probably gonna wait until it comes on like premium channels something. Yeah. No, you know what? It might be on premium channels now. Sci-fi, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was it was on VOD for a short amount of time, yeah. but I still didn't almost watch it the other day. Would you watch a Barney movie even if it's just straight up Barney, knowing that Danny Liu is involved? Like 10 years from now, if I have to watch a kid for some reason, maybe, just out of curiosity. Right. But under no circumstances will I, alone, on my laptop, with my dog sitting next to me, watch a Barney movie. I don't care what Oscar nominee you get to, to put in this film. He was in Get Out, and the only I thing I could think of is that this Barney movie with Daniel Kaluuya should be called Come Here. That's well, a dad joke. Why? Get Out, Come Here. I thought it was funny when I thought of it. I think it's... I'm still laughing at it. (laughs) It's so bad. Get Out versus Come Here. Yeah. Come here, you! Mike, what the hell is transitioning seamlessly with MoviePass? Yeah, well, it's still charging people, and they died a month ago. This is an IndieWire article. This is so bad. So, for what it's worth, the former CEO Mitch Lowe, in this article, said the accusations are false. We believe there's only been one former customer who was wrongly charged, and they've been refunded. I don't care about the validity of the statement or anything. Here's what I care about. What's it going to take for the FCC or the SEC or the California Labor Commissioner or anyone to get involved to kick off an investigation in the movie? I mean, how many borderline or outright deceitful stories and accusations does one company need before some government entity steps in and says, let's just investigate the smoke mm-hmm. to make sure they're not defrauding people and good Americans. I don't know. That's my take. Maybe there's so much other fraud going around that $10 a head is not going to... Oh, that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you do? the labor. We're the labor board, but we got so many uh, illicit practices by so many other businesses, we just don't have time to get to this one. The world is going to hell, Michael. We're in trouble, (laughs) and I just remembered I got to check my bank statements. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who's up, you? Your final story, anyway. We can both <laughs> take this one. Jared Leto, this is from the Hollywood Reporter article that came out, and he said he felt, quote, alienated and upset when WB went ahead with the Walking Phoenix Joker movie. More than that, he tried pulling strings yeah. by talking to executives in both the music and movie worlds right. about having this movie killed by WB. So this is a bad look for Jared Leto. I'm sure it it's is kind the... Of a hit piece. I'm sure it's the 100,000th time A star has tried to throw their weight around a little bit and get his people to kill projects where he had some kind of a connection to. I'm sure this has happened 100,000 times, literally, in Hollywood. In my opinion, he should have felt worse, Jared Leto, after watching the theatrical cut of Suicide Squad. (laughs) And therefore, after those feelings of guilt and shame, should not have wanted to perpetuate this character upon the planet. Because it didn't work in that movie. And it, maybe it's not your fault. We liked your performance, but yeah, it didn't work, dude. Yeah, was definitely off on Suicide Squad. Uh, also, interesting tidbit from that same article saying that WB basically tried to lowball Todd Phillips with a budget in the hopes that he wouldn't go forward making the movie because they didn't want to get behind it at all. Wow. Weird story Weird. on a lot of different angles. I feel like you do. This power play goes on all the time in Hollywood. Why are you highlighting... I mean, you're probably only highlighting this one because it's the Joker title and it's the hot movie of the minute. Yeah. So that's fine. It's the same reason I got on Ed Norton for coming out and saying, well, we were supposed to have a Gritty Hulk movie, too, on the heels of Joker's success. They fixed the problem that Suicide Squad should have addressed as a main conflict in the film. They fixed it before the premise of Birds of Prey. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And if you want to read into that, you can read into that and figure out what that means. Sad. It's crazy. What are they doing Mm -hmm. over at D.C.? good question (laughs) they're making money is what they are well now they are anyway Uh, so definitely go check out that article on the Hollywood Reporter but that is going to be your recap and your week and review and preview from MMO Weekly as always guys we want to know your thoughts comments questions concerns your six degrees of MMO submissions Mm -hmm. on this episode on this challenge and anything else we do here in the MMO Empire you can leave us those Mike Mike and Oscar on Facebook Mike Mike and Oscar on Instagram at mm and Oscar on Twitter Mike Mike and Oscar at gmail.com and on Reddit we are available Everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. And if you have an iPhone, just use iTunes or just use Apple Podcasts if you can be so kind as to go on the podcast app through Apple. That little purple square with mm-hmm. the white little, I don't know, please Joker hanging up in the middle of it. Leto, yeah. Leto. <laughs> You, just be, you put in words. I can that's put true. in words. No, you do. That's, a, that's exactly right. The Leto hanging out in the middle of it. Uh, if you could tap on that app. Type in Mike, Mike, and Oscar into the search and tap on our logo when you see it pop up. Scroll down once, you'll see the opportunity to leave us five stars. We thank you for all those who have and all those who will yes. do so. Thank you. Michael, what is on deck from MMO and what are some words of wisdom for these nice people to start their weeks off with? So in terms of the wisdom, I think our back catalog is particularly re- relevant right now. And our guest spots are relevant. Yeah. And, like, the shelf life of stuff we did a month ago is, like, just completely current. So check out all of those MMOWs and Oscar Race Checkpoints. Check out our recent OSPs, Oscar Sprint Profiles, because we've reviewed Dolomite and Parasite and Joker's still doing well, and and a lot of movies that are still playing to good box office. Yeah. And movies that are coming out this coming week on Netflix, like Dolomite there. So, please, I think... uh, check out our back catalog. We've also been doing some guest spots, IMDb journey for all the horror, the nomcast is something I'm doing tonight with Andrew and uh, the Netflix Original Movies podcast. There we're going to review The Laundromat and I am going to try not to make the awkward joke I always make with Mike about the people owning a laundromat. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get through it without You go name. through that recording <laughs> <laughs> without at least mentioning the idea that Meryl Streep should run a laundromat, or you thought this was about Meryl Streep running a laundromat. I am so mixed on that movie, too. It's going to be interesting to oh, review. Okay. I didn't review it on today's pod. I'm saving it for, like, right. Oscar East Checkpoint, and the Nomcast there, because it is, like, there's great things about it. There's terrible things about it. It's probably good fodder for a movie review and for an hour of audio entertainment, I think. <laughs> so join me and Andrew on that this later this week. Connecticut uh, podcast! Yeah, baby. So in terms of what's to come now... We have a ton of OSPs on the schedule. Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse will be the end of this week, we hope. Yeah. Harriet, Ford v. Ferrari, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Knives Out. Those are kind of the the ones I'm guessing we're definitely going to do, but there's also Honey Boy and a bunch that we'll probably get to over the next two months, whether in its own episode or on an Oscar race checkpoint and uh, I think we got some guests that we're, we're hoping to team up with. On Fingers crossed we too. got a couple people lined up. So hopefully uh, all that goes according to plan. A lot of reviews coming your way in a lot of different mediums and ways from MMO. So definitely, please do stay tuned. Jinx. Uh, <laughs> guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make a season year-round without the stuffiness. I was going to make a sports joke, but I just have nothing. You just flashed like I did to Altuve, rocketing oh, the ball. Jesus Christ. Mashing the high pitch. I'm sad now. And this looks so good against the first two yeah, batters, too. Yeah, I sure. Uh... Bye! See ya. <laughs>